Today's daf is daf memvav, page 46. And they have a gimmesechus ksubus. And we are on daf memvav. We are up to tonu rabbonon. All right? Tonu rabbonon is eight lines, I believe eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight lines from the top of memvav amad aleph. All right? Tonu rabbonon tafresh. In the middle of the line, here we go. The rabbis learned, and so should we. Here's what happens. A husband comes, and he spreads Maitzi Shemra about his wife. The halacha is, he gets punished. What does it mean he gets punished? Says the Braisa Zamoman, he has a monetary obligation. The Yisru, and he receives... Hasra'a, what does that mean? He receives rebuke. What does that mean? Zemalkus. The rebuke that we give him is Malkus. So a husband goes, spreads Mitzvah Shemra about his Rebetzin, his Nara Rebetzin. So he's going to have a monetary obligation and he's going to receive Malkus. Says the Gemara, okay. Bishlam, it's understandable, but Anshu, Zemam, and to punish somebody is referring to money. We find that in other places as well. They punish him a hundred Kesef, referring to money. And he's got to give it to the father of the Nara, El of the Yisru, Zemalkus, Menol. And how do you know that the Yisru, to give somebody, Teichach, give somebody rebuke, means you give him a clap, you give him a patch, right? That means that he, he receives Malkus. Where do you get that from? Am Rebbe Avo, Rebbe Avo says, Lamadnu Yisru, uh, Lamadnu, we learn out, Yisru, Me Yisru, what Yisru over here means from Yisru elsewhere. Now, Yisru elsewhere is referring to a Ben Sirer Umayre. All right, that you have this child, this thirteen-year-old boy, who's uh, this boy who's uh, around the age of bar mitzvah, where we know all the terrible things that he's already involved in, and the parents give him yisru, they give him rebuke, and he doesn't listen. So first we give him malchus, and then afterwards he might he'll eventually be mechayev misa. So the yisru means they have to give him they have to give him rebuke. The Yisru mi Ben, we learn out mi Yisru of Sairamaira from Ben, umi Ben mi Bin. From Bin Hakai Sarasha, Ben and Bin are similar, uh, similar words. Vayim Bin Hakai Sarasha. So you see, Vayim Bin Hakai Sarasha referring to Malkus. Bottom line is, you see from here that yes, the word of Yisru is very much connected to the consequence of Malkus. Fine. All right. So let's just get some clarity over here. The Brysa said that if somebody spreads slander, about his wife who's Anara, he's going to have the punishment of payment plus the Malkus, plus the lashes. And we just proved that punishment refers to money, refers to payment, and the, the Yisru is the source that he's going to receive lashes. Fine. That's the clarification of the Brysa. Says the Gemara Viter, as Hara Lamaitzi Shemra Minola. Where do we find in the, in the Torah? A warning specific to somebody spreading Maitzi Shamra about his wife. Where do you find, what are the sources over here? So here we go. Now the Gemara is going to get into the nitty gritty, get into the kishkas of this issue. Rabbi Lazar says, Milay Seydech Rachel. It says in the Torah, I'm generally not allowed to walk around being a gossip mongerer amongst your people. 
Rav Nasan, Rav Nasan says, You should be careful from any bad word. Why does one person bring a source from, let's say, Lechrachil, and the other one bring a source from, What does each one have a problem with the other Pasuk? Answers the Gemara, Where he needs that other Pasuk for the, for the teaching of Rav Ben Yair. Which is What do you learn out from the pasuk of protect yourself from any bad thing? It means a person should not have improper thoughts during the day. Which could bring him to have tumma, to have a seminal emission, to have impurity uh, be brought to his body at night. Okay, you got to think ahead. You got to be careful. With one's thoughts at specific times, because it's going to lead down the road to other thoughts. And that's what, that's what it means, Vinishmar, to protect yourself from things that are going to happen during the night, you shouldn't think about during the day. my time, what is Rabnasa and why does he have a problem of Laysalikh Rachil? And so the Gemara Ular Azara Le Bezdin. It's it's actually an Azar, it's a warning. Laysalikh Rachil is a warning to Bezdin to a court. That Bezdin is not only two people walk into a court, it is forbidden for the Dayan, for the judge, to look at one guy and give him a smile, and look at the other guy and give him a frown. Everybody has to feel that they're walking into court with equal opportunity, they have equal standing. Which, by the way, there's a beautiful idea. You know, we come to Yom Kippur, we're at the, uh, this past Shabbos, we have Shabbos Mevarchim of El, so we're about five weeks away from. Rosh Hashanah, and then 10 days later, we have Yom Kippur. So there's a beautiful idea from the Tolna Rebbe. He explains that, you know, Yom Kippur, we start out with Kol Nidre. Vasepis, why are you starting out with Kol Nidre? Why is that such an important, uh, we'll call it a statement? Why is that an important statement to start Yom Kippur out with? So he explains that very often, as Yidin, when we get together, so we look at each other and we say, hey, you know, I'm not in such great shape. I'm not in such bad shape. I'm okay. I'm this because we're looking around and testing ourselves about everybody else. Look what I, I'm okay. You know, after all, I keep kosher. The guy next to me doesn't keep kosher. I'm careful about Chov Yisrael. The guy next to me is not careful about Chov I'm, uh, you know, I do this. I check my stuff for shotness. The guy next to me, and everybody's got their own thing. Says the Tolna Rebbe, comes Yom Kippur and everybody gets together. And we say we're standing no matter what our background is. A new all of my chumras, all my stringencies, all my them, it's all out the window. Every year they're standing on equal ground as we come to the judgment of Yom Kippur. There's no favoritism in the eyes of the Rabbi Nishalim. And that's the teaching of Rav Nassim. Rav Nassim says, When you're in court, there has to be, everybody has to be viewed as, the, as if they're coming in on an equal standing. Okay, let's get into a bryson. Here's what happens. If let's say the, you have a husband who comes and he says, my wife is not a besula. He comes with a claim against his wife. I'm sorry, he, he, he doesn't bring witnesses. However, two witnesses show up and they say, hey buddy, you should know, you're Nara, you're Nara Morasa, you're Rebetzin. Over here, we know that she, she lost her virginity. She lost her besulim in a, in a, you know, while she was married to you. 
And then he brings them to he says, all right, listen, we've got to go to court. This is an important halacha over here, right? We've got to take this into account. So who ain't a like the ain't a nice and may If it turns out that it wasn't true, so we're not going to give him Malchus and a fine over there. He, he didn't start this. Now, if it turns out to be true, so her, if it was true, or let's say these Adam who testified about her turned out to be Zaymim, then they're going to be Chaya of Eskila. He could mean her, he and her Zaymim, that's not possible, because if it's on the truth, if they're telling the truth, she's killed. If they're lying, they're killed. It's not both. Sigmar again clarifies, like we learned from yesterday's Dav. Fine, it's either or. Back to the bright zone. The reason why he doesn't have to pay the hundred shekels, sell, the, the hundred sell. And the reason why he doesn't see Malchus if they're turned out to be false is because he didn't ask them to come testify. But let's say he would walk over to witnesses and says, Please testify if you know information about my wife. Now, he didn't hire them. He didn't say, you know, guys, let's get a scam over here. I want out of this marriage. He didn't do this. But let's say he hears about it and he asks them to show up at the Bezdin. was coming to argue The only time the husband is going to be chayav, is going to be obligated on the, to pay the hundred sella and to receive the lashes and to receive the malchus is if he's mamish maskir the edim, if he's hiring the witnesses. My time with Rabbi Yehuda, what's the reason for Rabbi Yehuda? I'm Rabbi Vo. Rabbi Vo says, Asya sima sima. We learn it out from the, from Shava of the word sima sima. Now the word sim with a sin ref, means to put down, to place something. So where do you find these words? It says over here, when this woman's being taken out to be stoned, he spread lies about her. And it says, uh, it says elsewhere, when it comes to charging interest, now let a place interest on somebody else. Just like by the, the sim, by charging interest, is referring to money. So to over here, it means there's money. When are you going to be obligated? to pay the fine and to receive the lashes, that's when there was money that was transferred between the husband and the witnesses. But if he didn't literally hire them, he just asked them to come to Besden because they have some information. Or, they, or even if he asked them to lie, whatever it was, he didn't hire them, he didn't pay them. There's no obligation. Amr Rab Nachman, Rab Nachman says, We learn out, he agrees, we learn it out, Zereshava, of Sima Sima, that it has to, in order to be, for the husband to be obligated for spreading this Maitzi Shamra, there has to have been an actual hiring, an actual payment that he gave to the witnesses. Okay, now the Gemara is going to continue on with the halachas of Maitzi Shamra, and we're going to discuss a few different topics over here. Here we go. Bo Rabirmiya. Rabirmiya asked a question searching for information. What if he didn't give them money? What if he didn't hire them with money? He says, I'll give you land. He hires them with land. So, or, what if he hires them, but he doesn't give them something that has real financial value? I'll hire you for a half a, half a eaten pickle, which nobody would pay for. Okay? So that, or, what if he's willing to pay a pruta for both? But each one individually is not receiving a real monetary payment is in all these three cases, asks, uh, asks the um, asks a question searching for information, is there going to be the same consequence of the husband 
of the fine and the malchus. Answers the um, Avaiter. I'm sorry, we're not answering yet. But a boy Ravashi. Ravashi asks a question searching for information. He says, What happens if he brings a sla- uh, he, he springs Maiti Shamra about her first marriage? Okay? So what happened is like this. A guy marries a woman. Everything's fine. He divorces her. Then he remarries her. After the second marriage, he now shows up with witnesses saying that she wasn't a besula in the first marriage. What's the halacha over there? Or al nisue achiv mahu. What is the halacha if he brought Maiti Shamra about her on his brother's marriage? What's the halacha there? Now, how could it be his brother's marriage? This would be a case of Yibam, going back to Yabamas. All right? So, you have a, a woman who marries somebody. He, the husband passes away childless. She marries the brother, and the brother who's perpetuating the deceased brother's marriage comes and says, oh, my deceased brother told me there was no virginity. There was no signs of virginity. So in all these cases, what's the halach? The Gemara says, listen, we can answer one of the questions. The one who comes to say the mighty Shamra, who comes with the claim about the lack of signs of virginity, says, um, he, he comes to the father, and he says there was no signs of virginity. And the father says, I gave my daughter to this man, that has to be the conversation. Those are the words. So, at least we know the halacha of the, of the Yavam. If a, if a brother comes and testifies that his deceased brother, the previous, you know, the, the previous brother, told him previously that there was no signs of virginity, that's not called mighty uh, shamra over there. Those halachas are not going to kick in. Okay. Period. Gevaldik. Now... We are up to Myra Bonon Umayra Blazben Yaakov. Now, this Gemara we actually learned together yesterday, towards the end of yesterday's daf. We quoted a Brisa, which brought him a Rabbanon and Rebelazar Ben Yaakov. When the husband shows up with Tainas Besulim, I'm sorry, when the husband shows up with Mighty Shemra, and he says, Listen, I, um, I know that, that um, my wife. Had uh, had relate. There's no signs of virginity, and and uh, here there's witnesses about relations, or whatever. So the conversation was: we had a machlekes as to whether the husband had to actually have lived with his wife up until now, or whether he could rely solely on the witnesses. And still, there's going to be all, all these uh, same halachas. So here we go. My What what was this brisa discussing? The Machlekas between the Rabbonon and Rebeliezer ben Yaakov. The time we learned in the Brisa, Ketzar Etzo Shemra. How does the halacha, how does the situation of Maiti Shemra take place? Bala Bezdin Bamar. The husband comes to Bezdin, he says, Mr. Plaini, my dear father in law, your daughter does not have signs of virginity. If there's witnesses that she was Mazana while she was already married as an Arusa, so then Yeshua Ksubamana. She receives 100 monaksuba, not 200 like a regular basula, which the obvious question is, why is she even getting 100? She's high of Misa. The, she, he just brought witnesses that, just brought witnesses that, that, um, that uh, she, she had an extramarital affair while she's married. So what do you mean she's getting 100 ksuba? She shouldn't get anything. 
Ask the Gemara, you're going to tell me she gets a, a ksuba of a mana? Baskili. Isn't she chai of skila? Answer the Gemara, no. This is what we mean to say. If there's witnesses that she had the relations, this guy's coming and saying, listen, she's not a virgin. If there's witnesses saying that the reason why she's not a virgin is because she had an affair while she's married, then in a chanami, true. There's going to be a skila, there's going to be a stone. But if the witnesses say that the reason why she's not a, there's no signs of virginity, is because she had relations before being married, so now there's no extramarital affair while she was married. She's not forbidden to him. She just didn't marry him as a virgin. So her ksuba gets lessened. Yesh ksuba mana. Her ksuba is going to turn into a mana instead of two mana. Fine. Nimtza sheshem ra enoy nimtza sheshem ra enoy shem ra. Let's say the husband comes to be mighty shemra, and it turns out that it wasn't true. It wasn't. It wasn't a shemra. So then, what do we say? Who like Evan Isa Mayasella? They involve in Loyabal. Either way, he's going to have to. He's going to have Malchus pay a hundred. Whether or not he actually had relations and himself knew about the lack of virginity, um, that's the Tanakama. Rabbi Lozbi Nakavayim. No, Lay Number Dvarim Halalu Ella Kishabal. In order to be obligated for the husband to receive the Malchus and to have to pay the fine, it has to be where the husband actually had relations with her. Now, why? Says the Gemara like this. I'll tell you why. Look at the verses in the Torah. Let's look at the Pesukim. Again, Rabbi Yaakov says, you're only, the husband's only going to be obligated if he had relations with her. <clears throat> and then he spread the mighty Shamra. The Rabbanon, the Tanakhama says, no, not necessarily. So what's the source of the Machlekes? Let's get into this. Says the Gemara, It makes sense according to Ben Rabbi Yaakov. Says the Torah, the husband comes to her, he came near her. And then he, saw, he says, I didn't find any besulim. So that's where you have besulim. El Rabban, according to Rabban, Mayu Bala Vekrabila. What does it mean, Bala and Vekrabila? He comes, to, he's, where he says, I came to her or I was near her. According to them, you didn't have to have relations with her. So how do you understand these psukim? Answer the Gemara, Bala Balilas. He came with lies. All right? Bakre Bela Bedvarim. And he came near her with accusations, with words. But it doesn't mean literal relations. Fine. According to Rabbi Yaakov, where they had to actually have had relations, so the husband could say, I didn't find any signs of virginity. According to the Rabbanon, where he didn't even need to have relations, how can he say, I didn't find any signs of virginity? What do you mean? He didn't have relations in the first place. So the says it means like I couldn't find any witnesses that could testify that she had virginity. All right. Now this is very very interesting. I'll tell you why. Because can anybody ultimately claim that she's a basula? Is there anybody who's ever with somebody else twenty four seven to say we know for a fact that she's a basula? It's not possible. It's not possible. Agree? Could a husband say, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm accusing you because I couldn't find witnesses telling me for sure that she's a basula. Shkoyach. <laughs> Who could? You don't know everyone. For witnesses to say something happened and she lost her virginity, that's possible. You saw a specific act. But to say that somebody could testify that there's still no basula, and we know for a fact that for sure not. So Rashi is bothered by this question. And therefore, Rashi explains to us that actually what it means is, means 
there's wit- what the husband's saying is there's witnesses saying that she's not a basula. I couldn't find other witnesses to disprove the first ones and turn them into Zainan. Hence, I have to assume that she's not a virgin. That's what it means. I couldn't find witnesses to keep her status of being a basula by what? By, by turning the first group into Zainan. But it obviously cannot mean who, who knows for a fact she's a basula because that would be an impossibility. Okay. Fine, back inside the Gemara. Bish, the mother of Yaakov, it makes sense going to the opinion of Blazin Yaakov again, that you need it, that the husband has to actually have had relations with her in order to come with a claim. And that's why he says, that's why the father says, what do you mean? My, my daughter had signs of virginity. What are the signs of virginity? They never had relations in the first place. Now, what happened was that. The way they, they used to protect themselves from any false claims is that the first night after the marriage, they would, uh, they would uh, check out the bed sheets and everything to make sure there was no drops of blood on it. And afterwards, they would see if there's any dam, if there's any blood on the, on the bed sheets. And that would prove whether or not there was besulim. That would at least help us determine whether there was, uh, there, there was still besulim there. So the husband comes and claims, your daughter's not a basula. The father says, what do you mean? Here are the signs of her virginity. Now he's producing the bedsheet. But one second, if you didn't need to have relations in order to come with, with, with a claim, with a mighty shamra, there's no bedsheet for the father to, to come back with in the conversation because there's no relations in the first place. Answer the Gemara, what it means is, you're right, he's not showing up in the bedsheets. He's saying, I have witnesses saying that uh, my daughter's kosher. Now again, the same question is, how can anybody say for sure your daughter's a basula? So Rashi says, the father is coming back and saying, I have witnesses saying that your witnesses are incorrect. And therefore she keeps her status of virginity. Okay. Bish, mother of It makes sense. That's what it means. Uh, they're arguing. So what do they do? They spread out the sheet. Why? Because you actually had relations. There's a sheet to rely on. According to Rabban, they didn't need to have relations in order for there to be mighty shamra ma uparsu uparsu asim. What does it mean? They spread out the sheet. Amr Rabavo. Rabavo says it's not literally the sheet. It means parsu ma sesam law. We're spreading out all the information that has been placed in front of us. What does that mean? Kedetanya, like we learned in a brisa uparsu asim they spread out the sheet. Each team, team Tati, team father of the Nara, comes with his people, saying that his daughter was a Basula. And team husband comes with his party. And they have their witnesses disagreeing. And the same way when you buy a new garment, you look at it, you look at each specific area, make sure there's no loose threads, there's no loose parts, everything is perfect in order for it to be a a worthwhile purchase, like a new sheet. So we spread out all the information in front of us, and we look at it, and that's how the Chacham understands, they actually take out a sheet, they have to have actually had relations. Okay, bottom line is, I mean, there's a lot of bottom lines as far as this Machlekes, but as far as... The dispute in the Braisa between Rabbanon and the Rabbanon, the Rabbanon are saying that in order for there to be the conversation of Maitzi Shamra, 
it doesn't need to have actually have had relations. You don't need to read the psukim at face value, um, and each one could just be, you know, the, the the garment and the and each one coming at each other with different uh, different proofs are really you know within the conversation, but not necessarily with sheets. While Rabbi Lozman Yaakov says no, it's literal. Beautiful. Says the Gemara Viter. Shalach Rabbi Yitzchak bar Rabbi Yaakov bar Gurye Rabbi Yitzchak, the son of Rabbi Yaakov, the son of Gurye, sent Mishmed Rabbi Yechonon in the name of Rabbi Yechonon. He sent the following message. Afagav shalai matzin b'chol ha-tayra kula Even though you don't find throughout the Tayra shechilaga kosvim b'ya kadak l'biya shalai kadak l'makoy sulayin shim that the Tayra makes a differentiation between a natural act of intercourse and an unnatural act of intercourse. Either way, no matter how it happens, there's going to be an obligation of a, of, of a monetary obligation as well as Malkus. However, avomaitzi shamrachilik, when it comes to maitzi shamra, we do find a difference in the halachis, whether the, whether the bia happened in a natural way or an unnatural way. Okay, why? Because the halacha is The the husband coming with the Maitzi Shamra, he's only going to be Chayav in Malkus, and he's only going to be obligated in in the uh, hundred sela if he had uh, um, if he had. That applies no matter how he had the relations. V'yaitzi Shemra Kedarka. But he is coming in with a claim about her that she had relations in a regular way. So in other words, even Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, or let's, we could, we could the Gemara is going to put this together, but let's explain the statement. We had a conversation whether or not the husband had to actually have had relations in order to come with Maitzi Shemra. What's happening here is, says the Gemara, you should know that even if the husband had relations in an unnatural way, the, the mighty Shamra that he's saying about his wife could be that she previously had relations in a natural way. Now, come on, who's that following? If it's following the opinion of the Rabbanon, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference how they had it. doesn't make a difference like a darka. You didn't need to have anything. It could just be a claim with witnesses. Ikra, Gloss ben Yaakov. And if you're going to tell me this statement is true, according to the opinion of Gloss ben Yaakov, we now turn to the top of Amud Bey's EDV, the Kedarka Binan. According to him, everything needs to be Kedarka. You have to have relations the same manner that you're claiming she had relations. Right? Because he's saying, I, what's the husband saying? The husband says, I, was, I came to her, I was near her, and Valay Matsasi Labitcha Basulim. I personally did not find signs of Basulim, which means. That we had we we had uh, natural relations. Answer the Gemara. Ela shalach Rav Kahanu Mishmeid Rav Yechonon. Rav Kahanu sent the name Rav Yechonon. Ene chayav ad sheyivol kedarka v'yaitzi shemra v'kedarka. You're right. You're right. We're changing it around, and it has to be there as well. Rav Kahanu responded to him to Rav Yechonon, and he says that in order to be chayav these consequences, you're, it's only going to take place if he's claiming that she had relations kedarka in the, in the natural way, and also that he had relations with her in the natural way as well. Period. End of that Gemara. End of that conversation. Gavaldik. Let us begin the next Mishnah. Okay. Now this next Mishnah is going to shift course. And get into a fascinating topic. 
which we touched on and didn't really get into the kishkas of. We, didn't, we never really got into the intestines of this. And this mission is going to help us out. And that is that there are certain rights that a father, financial rights, that a father has on his daughter when she's of a young age. Either as a minor, things change once she becomes a nara. All right, where she's kind of like in this in-between stage. She's not a full Bulgaris. She's not a, didn't reach complete adulthood, but she's no longer a Katana either. The rights of the father changes over there, and then she becomes a Bulgaris. Now, to what extent does the father have these financial rights of his daughter? Now, now we know there's financial rights, that's for sure, because we know a father can marry off his daughter. We know a father could sell his daughter as an Amavriya. Okay, so we know for sure that there's, there's an, we see in the Torah, these financial rights, so we're, this is what we're going to get into. So here we go. Zokt the Mishnah, says the Mishnah. Ha'av zakai bebitoi bikdusha. A father receives the payment of a marriage for his daughter, bekesef bishtar ubebiya, which means, if, you know, under a chuppah, a husband puts a ring on his wife's finger. If you have a father marrying off his daughter who's 10 years old, that ring is going to go to the father. That financial, that, uh, that monetary payment is going to go to the father. Also, if let's say there's the marriage is taking place with a document. That document's going to be written out to the father, not the girl. If it's taking place with Bia, with relations, that relations has to be with the willingness of the father. If the father didn't give his mind to that bia, to those relations, then it's not a marriage. So here we go. Zakai bimitsiyasa. Also, if his 10-year-old daughter finds a $100 bill on the street that according to halacha, she's allowed to keep. The halacha is that money goes to the father. And also her earnings. And also the rights to nullify her vows as well. The father has has um, the the father has the rights. This we'll get onto this, but I'm primarily on tomorrow's daf. What the sources for this uh, for for these halachas are? Umekabal gita, and the same halacha holds true that if let's say this daughter who is now married is going to get divorced, she gets married at ten and she's getting divorced at age eleven. Who accepts the get? The father. The father gets the get. However, he does not receive payrise in her lifetime. Okay, so this is in the following case. Let's say you have a girl that in some, whether it's from her mother's side of the family or a will, whatever it is, she receives some sort of, some sort of property. This property produces, put it in stocks. It could be a field that produces fruit. That whatever the field produces Afterwards, and it didn't come through the father, it does not go to him. He cannot gain from the fruits of this property. Now, what's interesting is, Rashi points out over here, let's say his minor daughter passes away. So his minor daughter inherits from, let's say, her mother's side of the family a field. The father cannot use anything, even the, even the produce. Let's say his daughter passes away at age 12. She's still a Nara. So now he's going to get the field just as the natural course of inheritance works. Just the laws of, of, of Yerusha. 
All right? But until then, he has no rights to anything. Fine. That is what we call the ratio of the Mishnah. That is the first half of the Mishnah. Again, so let's just review that. What did we say? The father has the rights to, uh, it's, it's on him to accept marriage, whether it would happen through money, whether it happened through a document, whether it happened through relations, and also if she finds anything or she has any earnings or she gets divorced, all those things go to him. However, the ratio ends off by saying, if she has her own field that she inherited, the father has no rights to the produce. Okay. Now, Nisses. What happens if this, this girl now has Nisuin? Okay, not only Arison, she didn't only have the first acceptance of marriage, she moved in with her husband. But she's still a minor, let's say. Or she could even be a Nara. She hasn't reached full adulthood. So what do we say? Yaser Allah Habal. Now the husband gets, in some areas, an upper hand over the father. Until now, the father had a lot of these rights. But now once she's married, there's a new man in her life. So Yaser Allah Habal. The husband takes over those rights plus a yeser, plus something in addition, which is any of the property that she brings in, the, the husband is allowed to use the produce of. And he's obligated as the husband is obligated to feed her. And also if she's ever captured, the husband has the obligation to redeem her. Ooh, I lost the place, I'm sorry. Ukfurasa. And to pay for her burial. Okay? She passes away. He's obligated to uh, obligated to pay for the burial. Rabbi says, Afilu Anisha be Israel, even a tremendous ani, tremendously poor person in Kal Yisrael, La Yifchais Mishne Chavilin U Mikainenas is obligated to make sure his wife at least has a respectable funeral that has two flutes. And two women attending the funeral, which are leading the people in their mourning. Okay. Says the Gemara, let's, get, let's go through the Mishnah. The Kesef, Menolan, this is that the father gets the, the rights to the Kesef when he marries off his daughter. What's your source? Having the money goes to the father, not her. Amar Abiyut, Abiyut says, Amar Krosh, Tetan Posik in the Tere, Yiviyatzachinam, Ein Kesef, she goes free. Without any sort of payment. This is referring to a Amma Ivriya. When a father marries off his daughter, who's um, not marries off, I'm sorry, gives over his daughter as an Amma Ivriya. So at the end of uh, six years, and also when she reaches adulthood, she goes free without any sort of payment. Now, Chinam means free. What do you mean, Ein Kasef? There's no money. It's redundant. What does that mean? It means, There's no payment to the owner, meaning nobody has to redeem her. She reaches age 12, she goes free. He doesn't get nothing. However, there is payment when there's a different type of master over this girl. Now, who else is considered a master if not for the owner? Umanu, Avia. It's referring to the father. So when the father marries off the daughter, there is a payment that he does receive. Maybe it means the, the master doesn't get a payment, but she would get a payment if she gets married. Hedna goes to the father. Maybe she's her own master. Sigmar says, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. You can tell me the father has the rights to accept her marriage. I'm the one who decides who my daughter marries. She's going to get the money. It doesn't make any sense, says the Gemara. That's not the way, that, you're not going to tell me one guy's in charge 
and somebody else is going to is, is going to receive all the payments. Whoever's in charge receives the payment. says fine. So we'll we'll know that's true by a minor. The Lesla Yad, a minor, she has no way to make an acquisition. Fine. So he accepts her marriage. He gets the money. She can't acquire and uh, she she can't become an owner anyway. Avonara the Isla Yad. Now, Anara, who's not a full-fledged Begaris, right? She's in this in-between state. She's kind of an adult in some ways, not an adult in other ways, right? Between the age of 12 and 12 and 6 months. Why don't we say that she, she marries herself off, she gets the money. Why should the father have any rights to this? The Gemara says, you're right. Omar Krab, Benurah, Beisavia. By Anara, we have a separate source. It says, while she's in Ara in her father's house, which means, what do you mean you're in somebody's house? You're in somebody's house as long as you are connected financially over here, which means, anything that she gains, we're learning out, goes to the father. Now, what's included in a, in a monetary gain? If she gets married, there's money coming in from the husband. So there, that's going to be the source of a Nara that even when she's uh, you know, in this in-between stage, she's kind of an adult, but not a full-fledged Bulgaris, that's going to be the source that um, the father still gets the, the money of marriage. Says Gemara, But this, they learned the name of Rahun and the name of Rabbi Naish, how do you know that the earnings of a, of a daughter go to the father? Now, Obviously, it doesn't mean if the daughter's an adult, but it means at a younger age. Either she's a katana, a nara. How do you know it goes to the father? Because it says, a father, a father has the rights to sell his daughter as a maidservant. Just like when you have the rights to uh, sell your daughter. And she becomes a maidservant. By the way, it's a fascinating idea. My father, Zechariah used to share that a Jewish maidservant, you know, by a man... By an Evid, it's impossible for a, ma- a Jewish male to be a servant when he's younger than Bar Mitzvah. <clears throat> you only find the concept of an Evid, Ivri, who's an adult. Either he sold himself or he stole and Bezdin sold him. By a Jewish woman, the concept of Amavriya is only until age 12. It's impossible for a Jewish woman to be an Amavriya above age 12. It only happened at the younger age. And that also only applied when a family was not able to support their daughter. They had to sell their daughter, so to speak, to work as a maidservant. And that's why Rav Pam, my father would quote Rav Pam, who says that's why Amavriya is called Amavriya, because the shayresh of the word Amma is aim, a mother. The goal was for the family who couldn't support her to give her to another family that can help her become a Yiddish Amma, to become an Amma, to become an Aim B'Yisrael. And the halacha was, they would have to make sure that she got married, they would have to make sure she's married and treated as an Amavriya and all this. Okay, but be it as it may, and that only was until age 12. Once you reach age 12, she's done, that's it. There's no, there's no payment, she's automatically, uh, she's, uh, she's automatically uh, uh, out of there, okay? So mama Vriya Laraba, Afbas Masya Salamali. Why do we need a, a new halacha teaching me that the halacha, that whatever the daughter earns goes to the father? Why don't we learn it out from Binurel Beisavia? She's in her father's house. So obviously the, the money all goes to the father. So the woman says, no, Allah It must be that that um, you know, whilst Binurel Beisavia is teaching me Bafaras Nadarim Hu it's teaching me that the father only has the rights to nullify her vows, but as far as the rights to her earnings, 
we don't need this Pasuk to teach me that. Same thing would hold true. Ready for this? This, this brings everything full circle. If it's not telling me anything about the father having rights to her earnings, yeah. you, know, you know what else it's not telling me? It's not telling me the father has rights to her money of marriage either. And maybe taka the halacha of Anara is going to be that she should get it herself. And if you're going to tell me, learn out the law of money from the law of Afaras the Darim, in my name is it's not true. We know the general rule. Monetary halachas cannot be learned out from halachas of Isurim. And the laws of nullification of vows fall into the category of Isser and Heter. What's permitted and not permitted. And, and, uh, and um, money. What's given for marriage is a whole separate category. So you can't learn out just because the father has a right of a forest of Dharma is going to tell me he's got a right to money. No shaykhs. It's two separate ball games. You're going to tell me learn out the money of marriage from the fact that the father gets a kanas, receives payment when something happens to her. We know monetary compensation is different than fine compensation because fines are not really a compensation. <clears throat> As we explained many times, when something has a flat fee, that's not compensation. That's its own chiddush. It's its own novel idea, right? When you litter and there's a three hundred dollar fine, your littering is not worth three hundred dollars, but you got a three hundred dollar fine. It's a kenas. It's different than mum. It's different than a regular. If I break your hundred dollar window, I got to pay you hundred dollars because one's tit for tat, one's not. So you can't learn out one from the other. If you're going to tell me, learn out from the fact that if somebody is ma'ani the girl. That the father gets the Baishu Begam, which is a monetary compensation. So too, the father should receive her money of marriage. Shani Baishu Begam. I'll say embarrassment and, and loss of value is different to Aviyonami Shaykhba because it affected him as well. It impacted him. Now his ability to marry her often is going to be, is, is going to change tremendously. Fine. So the bottom line is, we don't know how, we don't know a source when, some, when a girl's in a stage of Nara. 12 and 12 and 6 months, that if the father marries her off, he has rights to the money of marriage. We don't have a source for that. So the Gemara says, rather it's logical, It's logic. Logic tells us that when the girl leaves the father's domain, or I'm sorry, the girl leaves the master's domain, there's no payment, so we're going to say as well, when she's leaving the father's domain, it's going to be similar. There's, over there, there's no payment. But by a regular Nara, maybe there will be a payment when she leaves the father's house. When she leaves the master, there's no payment. When she leaves the father, there is a payment. That's referring to the father. Just logic had to understand the Pasuk. Says the Gemara, don't compare a girl leaving her owner, an Amavriya, leaving at the age 12. And saying that, oh, in contrast to that, a girl as an ara leaving her father, there will be monetary compensation to him. But it's two separate things. Hasam, when the girl turns 12 and she's an Amavriya leaving the master's domain, she's completely out. Bye, I get in tug. Have a nice day. I appreciate what you've done for me, my dear master, but I'm out of here. Yitzia da'av, but when she's leaving the father's domain, how is she leaving the father's domain? Through marriage. Akati She doesn't completely leave her father's home until she's reached Chuppah. So since she didn't completely reach her father's home, the yet, leave her father's home, the Yitzia, the exit that she's making from the, from the owner's home is completely different than the exit she's making of the, of the father's home 
Because she's not really exiting. You know, they have a joke. They say, Goyim leave parties without saying goodbye. Yidin say goodbye and they don't leave the party. You ever had a party? Everybody says goodbye for like a half hour. Yeah. And until you finally get somebody out the door is a hard thing. So over here, the father marries her off. He thinks he's getting his daughter out of the house. He has Arison, and she's still living in his house, the Chuppah. So that's not a real, it's not really Yitzia. You can't compare the Yitzia of the Adam to the Yitzia of, of the father and try to contrast those things. Mom is, oh, by the Yitzia over here, there's no money by the master, but the Yitzia of the father, there's gonna be, there's two seven, it's a different Yitzia. It's not a real, it's not a real leaving. It's not a complete leaving. So the Gemara says, you're right. However, even though she didn't, doesn't completely leave the home to Chuppah, but the father does, right, does lose the right to nullify her vows, and that happens completely right away, because we know that the husband also now has a right to nullify the vows, and since, at least as far as Afar Sadaram is concerned, the... the um, We'll call it the domain of the father did change tremendously. So in that way, we're contrasting it to leaving the, uh, an Amavriya, leaving her master's domain. Period. End of that Gemara. Two dots. Let's just wrap up two small pieces and we'll hold it here for today. Says the Mishnah, Shtar Ubiya. We said if she gets married through a document or through relations. So that's also the father's decision to give, to give her over to that type of marriage. It's completely on the father, Menolan. What's the source for that? Amar Krav, Ahisalish Acher, that she, she becomes the wife of somebody else. Iskush, Havayos, Lahadadi. All marriages are compared to each other. So the same way the father has the rights for the, to give her over to the type of marriage of uh, money, the same thing is going to hold true with Shtar and Bia. And we also said, Zakai Bimitsiyasa, um, the father has rights to her findings. If she finds $100 on the street that she's allowed to keep, that, that uh, halakhically is allowed to be kept, the father gets it, says the Gemara, very interesting, Mishum Eva, so it wouldn't lead to hatred. Chazal were concerned that if, let's say, you have a father who's supporting his daughter and he's obligated, uh, who, who's, uh, who's supporting his daughter. Now, interestingly, this is, very, this is a fascinating halacha. Show me anywhere in the Torah where it says that a parent, uh, a father has absolute um, obligation to give his kids cereal for breakfast. You'll say, listen, that's part of being a part of society, part of being a mensch, part of it. But is there like, you know, a, a complete obligation to give your child, you know, the amount that we give our children? No, it's really not. In the Torah, you don't find such a thing. So the Gemara here says, Mishum Eva, we were concerned that if a, a young daughter would be allowed to hold on to something, like $100 that she find in the street and not, and not give it to the father for all the things that the parents give her, it can lead to a little bit of Eva, it can lead, lead to a little bit of hatred, ill will between the two, and therefore to keep Shalom within the Mishpacha, we say, listen, as long as this girl's in her father's home and the father's taking care of all of her expenses, the money that comes in um, is going the the Chazal instituted? It's going to it's going to uh, become his. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. We're on the top of Daf Mem Zayin Amar Aleph. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and Bez uh, We will uh, pick up uh, tomorrow evening with Daf Mem Zayin. What time is that? What time is uh, Minchamar this week in Shul? 
Anybody, uh, anybody remember the Zmanim? No takes. What was it? Was it? 735. Okay, so Mishki is 755 or so. So, um, should we aim for 815 maybe? If it's okay, let's aim for 815 this week. 815 p.m. All right? Hopefully from Yerushalayim. Hopefully we'll be davening in our shul in Yerushalayim by tomorrow. But uh, 815, uh, Daf Yaimi, have a wonderful, wonderful week, Chavar.